Howdy hobos. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome new listeners. Uh, my name is Mark. I'll be your camp host. Welcome to Hobo Safe Camp. Look, today's virtual campfire, I'm not going to lie to you, it's a good one. It's a good one. You picked a great day to listen to the virtual campfire. We are joined by Holly. You can listen to Holly on all kinds of uh, podcasts here on Open Lines Radio. She's around all over the place. And uh, she, but she stopped by the virtual campfire today to uh, to talk to us. And uh, you follow can follow Holly on Instagram at Like a Pisces. You can follow me on Instagram at Hobo Safe Camp. And uh, be sure to check out uh, Open Lines Radio on Instagram as well at Open Lines Radio. And um, and go to uh, OpenLinesRadio.com. Um, it's really cool what you can do from there. You can listen to all the things, but you can also uh, find us on your favorite podcast app. Um, I would recommend following us on Podbean, downloading the Podbean app. This um, actual this virtual campfire actually aired live. Uh, we live streamed it. We're going to be live streaming all Open Lines Radio podcasts. Uh, don't worry if you can't listen live. They're like always. They'll they're available to listen to afterwards, um, so you can listen to them at your leisure. But um, but I recommend listening live. There's just something about the the energy of a live broadcast and hearing it as it's record as it's being broadcast live and as it's being recorded live. Um, and and there'll be some some uh, podcasts in the future where you'll be able to um, if you're listening live and have the capabilities. Uh, most of you do if you're listening on your phone to uh, call in and and be a guest. Uh, but today we talked with Holly and it was a, a really great conversation. We talked about uh, the early days of social media and uh, chat groups, and then we got into some heavier stuff. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm glad you're here to listen to this. So that, that's, that's really about all I have to say, um, other than uh, you should be adding your voice to the world uh, the way we have chosen to. I also recommend using Podbean to do that. The best way to do that is to go to uh, openlandsradio.com, scroll down to the bottom right, you will see a link to Podbean. Click that link, sign yourself up, and you can record. You can record straight to your phone, and it goes right to your podcast. It's so easy. It's so simple. You should be doing it. If you're not doing it and you want to start a podcast, then you, you, you are just wasting time. You're wasting valuable time that you could be adding your voice to the world. Um, also, uh, yeah, just check out everything that Open Lines Radio has to offer. Like I said, we're going to be live streaming. And and, and what I really like about that is is it's just there's there's just the opportunity to... Uh, amplify the message through energy who's listening to the message being said in the moment. And so I really think that you should be following Open Lines Radio on Podbean so that every time we go live, you can be listening live. All right. Um, let's just get to it. Let's get to it. I'm not going to talk too much because you hear me all the, all the time anyway. All right. So friends, family, fam, pick up that tin can telephone put it up to your ear, let that string that stretches around the globe several times, then it goes out into the universe, it ties directly into source, and then it comes back into your beautiful ears and listen to this wonderful woman. Holly, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo, I ramble all along, I'm just a rambling hobo, 
I ramble all alone. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. All right, so there's a couple of reasons I wanted to have you on uh, the virtual campfire. I know you do a lot on Open Lines Radio, and being a, a guest on the virtual campfire might not be something you're really interested in. But early I on, say that early on in the, uh, the, the the virtual campfire days, this is like four or five years ago. There are a couple episodes that you were a guest, and for some reason or another. I can't even remember why you asked me to take them down. They've become the lost episodes, and they truly are lost. I can't find them. I was looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to get. Put, I wanted you to have a stamp on it, like you, you should have a name on here. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. All right. Now the second reason I wanted to talk to you is you have recently. Um, I wouldn't say quit social media, because you still kind of peeked in, but you stopped participating, and you were more of just a visual um, observer. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I'm just wondering what you've learned in the past month or so that you haven't been participating and have just kind of been looking in. Well, it's, you know, the, the whole the whole thing with Hobo Safe Camp and with Open Lines Radio, It's it's been a really long journey, and it's been a lot of years uh, forming those lost episodes. Um, I think I just I think I mostly wanted them taken down because that was a time in my life when I was I was channeling a lot of stuff and a lot of the things that I said I probably just don't feel that way anymore and I just feel like I've evolved fairly rapidly beyond the person that I was when I was talking in those and so I just didn't want to be held to it I don't know maybe it was like a weird uh, subconscious fear of cancel culture did I say something stupid that you know I, I don't even feel that way anymore but it's on the record I don't know I just maybe it's weird paranoia um, I, I stopped participating so heavily in Instagram I just got really overwhelmed uh, with people's politicizing of the pandemic and being an essential worker who has had no days off for quarantine and has been working in a super public place through the whole thing um it was just too much it was just too much and then some of the the violence that i was taking in through my eyes and and just everything going on in the news it was just too much and i decided it would be better to kind of pull away and get hyper focused on my present moment my here and now my my family those closest to me and i found it to be really wonderful very refreshing it kind of has showed me how uh I wouldn't say manic, but how just in the throes of it I was just a little while ago. And now I'm just just coming back into my center and, and finding my groove and changing a little bit. Maturing, maybe? I don't know. You were also getting a lot of uh, direct messages, too, weren't you? Like, that were kind a of ton. becoming overwhelming? It, it was really overwhelming because I, I care about everybody on that page, and I, of course, want to have dialogue with them and... You know, we all have a, a pretty good, uh, you know, online friendship going. Um, but it, it just got too overwhelming that at the end of the day, like if I didn't write them back, they would get offended or, or be hurt. And I was also heavily um, memeing in my stories, and I would end up getting like hundreds of reactions. 
and it would bury the actual DMs because I would get an individual message for every reaction to every clip in my story. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just felt like I needed a, a breather, and now I'm kind of working on a fresh start, but just a, in a much smaller... I don't know. I think maybe I just let too many people into my inner circle. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It totally does. And I, I get your, I get you on the uh, the reactions. I've actually stopped even looking at stories. The, the stories became, become too much. I, I, uh, I, I went back to just residing in the, the posts, the main posts, and, and when looking at and, uh, and and reading people's posts, the stories. It's it's. I don't know that the, the stories become too much of a of a. I don't I don't I don't I don't they're, they're just. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. And then when I would post something of the same thing, nobody would would ever just like send me a message saying, "Hey, man, the work you're doing is good." But if I posted a story, I get just some emoji, and that's a reaction. And I'm and, I, and I'm not complaining. I know that's 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 an acknowledgement. An acknowledgement. Yeah. But when you get hundred of them well, and, <laughs> and every, ever, every story it becomes too much have you found yourself like living your life around what can I post mm. yeah. um, I, I just I just got over it and and then when you start doing that when you start thinking what can I post when you start and this maybe this is what I'm where, where I'm getting at when you get to the stories and you're like look at where I'm at look at what I'm doing it almost seems kind of like a bragging thing and I did it too like I we would go to the beach sure and I'm taking pictures of look at where I'm at right and and, and it just and, it feels a little inappropriate to be like that right now. Yeah, exactly. And, and and there was a time where that was cool, that was fine, but right now, I don't know. And and now and now now the stories are all filled with uh, political debates. So right. that's where I kind of why it, it's not necessarily a new behavior for me to just uh, one day completely get over and walk away from a social media format. I left Facebook over twelve or thirteen years ago now. I think. And I never looked back, and I don't miss it at all. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of feels like Instagram's turning into that. It's it, it was a it was a place where it was kind of a sharing of pictures and moments, and now it's almost turning into a, 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 a people are posting things just to get under other people's skin. I miss I miss the art involved in MySpace. I think we talked about this a little while yeah. ago, where like, you know, you just had some name that wasn't your actual name, and. Um, you had that music cue to kind of set your theme. That was fun. Those, I like that. And you had your little headline. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like a, a little snapshot of you through other media. But um, well, not only did we meet on MySpace, which was cool. Um, I believe I was in orbit. Was my yeah my name, and, and I think it was of the oceans and. But but you could. It's also where I started writing, um, you know, blog type of things because you it, it had a little blog post where you could post a blog right there too, and so it was cool. It was cool to be able to uh, to express yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, these concepts are so rapidly evolving and always taking on a new format on the same theme. Like, because Instagram is almost like just a constant mini blog, and there's not very many blogs actually you know the old school blogs that still maybe there are maybe there are but i i stopped looking at blogs 
Well, how at can, some how point, can you it's just do so all that much. reading on top of everything yeah, else? Yeah, it's just so you? much. It's not that it wasn't interesting. It totally is and was. And I think it's awesome that people share these sides of themselves because it helps us all get connected and closer to understanding each other. That's not that's not my beef with it. It's just a personal decision that I made to just focus on uh, those around me in in the real sense right now. Yeah. What about what about Twitter? Here's what happens with me with Twitter. I don't really participate on Twitter. I mean, I have an account, and every once in a while I'll post something. Not very often, like a couple times a year. And But I look at Twitter. Twitter is probably the thing I look at the most. But it's also the thing that pisses me off the most. <laughs> yeah. I get so angry when I look at Twitter just at how terrible people are. Twitter, Twitter is kind of my news source. Um, I don't post on there a lot. I don't really ever post any original content. Sometimes I'll repost something uh, funny and artsy, but I don't, I don't really make it political or, or anything like that. It's kind of more like my little mystical forum. And most of the people I follow are, are you know, either like psychic, intuitive, witchy types. And so I like to read their observations on things, um, but I don't necessarily feel like I want to participate in that. It's such a volatile, like, yeah, like you said, it's just a really volatile form of media. And, uh, I mean, maybe you are having a mood and you say something and, uh, oh, you fuck it up. Well, I hope you're ready to well, catch hell for perpetuity on I've, it. I've tried. I've tried to say people don't look in my Twitter account. I don't, no, I'm not involved not controversial enough. enough. To, I'm, not involved, <laughs> no, I'm just not involved enough to rise among the trends. I yeah. don't think. Or I, I don't, think that's okay. Yeah, I'm not really looking for that. But I do every day, several times a day, um, scroll through the trending. Yeah, and it's great if you need, like, a if, if you know how to search, you know, certain hashtags, you can get a real, it's, it's probably the most relevant and real news source that you could get because it can be a, your hyper-locality, just at regular everyday people reporting to what's going on, uh, you know, whether it's like some crazy weather event or some political event or some something fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm like you. I tr that's where I get my news. That's, Twitter is my news source because I just you just can't trust really anything. Everything's so politically slanted. Media. At least on Twitter you can select uh, your individual sources of of information. Or like you say, you, there's people actually on the ground who are right, there. Right, right. It's like a form of real-time reporting. But that's, but that's also something that makes me so upset is because, for instance, like when you would just watch like the Sunday news shows on TV, they bring on these people who are currently gutting the, their country and they allow them to spin and they don't call them out and question them. But when you go to Twitter... That, and Twitter is where you're seeing the people calling out, but there's no response to it. And that's what makes me so angry is because it just becomes this, what this world we're in has become this thing where it's like the, the, the media puts this thing out and then the rest of the world fights over whether it's true or not. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, I just can't understand it. It's just the same as always. You have to, you have to tune into your power of discernment and ask yourself, can I see through the spin and, and, what is my takeaway? And just because it doesn't get a public reaction or someone doesn't publicly back you up doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of people out there that see the same thing that you see and feel the same way. And we're still changing. Maybe it's not like written on the Twitter, 
but it's still happening. It's still a process. And I, I kind of just, I really have this premonition that um, we're not too far away from a newer, more connective experience, so a little fresh format. It's about time uh, it evolved again. We're, we're, we've all kind of been reaching that crescendo where it's like, okay, like something's got to give or the wheels are going to fall off the bus, like something fresh is going to come. And uh, with everything that's going on and with the melting down of everything, it, it, could, it could definitely be a new interesting form of communication and connectivity. So I stay hopeful for it. Do you remember a world before social media? I mean, you might, you might have been young enough that it's like... You don't. You don't. Um, I do. I do. But you, I started but not as an pretty adult. young. I started. Um, I started in chat rooms. Uh, in my probably mid-teens. And uh, it's funny because, <laughs> I mean, it like it's, it's really not a new theme in my life for me to up and walk away from something. But it's also totally in my character to form. Um, little pods in these in these social media things i had an awesome group of friends we were known as chat click 101 on msn chats back in the day and uh some of them i'm still in contact with i mean it's been a really really long time um but it was kind of where we uh, we were all over the world connie was in the philippines adrian was in new york kevin was in florida i was in utah um Livid was in uh, Texas, and we were all, there were a few older, there were a few the same age. What were you Um, chatting about back then? We were were going off about everything in that room, and I remember the day that, um, well, I was an administrator, and um, Brad was my co-administrator, or moderator is what they called it back in the day, where you could, you know, toss somebody out of the room if they were getting inappropriate. You had a little hammer by your name if you were the moderator. And I remember uh, when Brad and I decided that we were going to close the group because um, it had grown <laughs> to a large amount of people and it just wasn't feeling the same. And we just kind of wanted to get our core group back. Um, and so when we closed it, uh, then we just really became a tight group of communicative people and um, living. What was his actual name? I don't remember, but he actually ended up traveling to Mississippi to meet Bridget, and they ended up hooking up for like six months or something. (laughs) Some of it really materialized into real life, and I actually ended up meeting Brad in real life. Um, It meant a lot to us. We, We were talking about politics. We'd talk about music. We would vent about life and our parents and or a lack of parents, and it, it meant everything to me at the time. And then one day they just stopped uh, allowing chat, they closed the chat rooms, and MySpace kind of took hold. Yeah, I kind of missed the chat rooms. I was in a, at an age where, when, when the chat rooms were taking off, um, I was already into my early adult years, and... and in the workforce <laughs> and, and, and I, I did get in like into onto bulletin boards. Like when, when that was, when that was, when it was just more like leaving messages it was, and, and it wasn't really a real time thing. Um, 
And I did mostly just did some trolling because <laughs> you were anonymous. It's kind of funny to look back now that I'm thinking about it. Like I was already back then producing. Um, so we we had Chat Click 101, but depending on the time of the day, like we had different pairs or different trios, and we'd kind of put on little little shows. We had the B and H show, the Brad and Holly show. And then uh, there was Adrian did her thing, and it was like Adrian's perspective, and she would we would all be quiet while she kind of did her on-screen rant and shared Typing, her art. Right? Yeah, all yeah. Uh, we had avatars back then. We didn't have pictures of our actual selves. Uh, you would make Adrian was actually the one who made all of our avatars, and she loved. She would change our clothes on them, or she would um, put glasses on Bridget and just. It was just fun. It was it was artistic, and and we kind of had this second life outside of our, our our small humble suburban existences. We had this place where we were all together, every day. You could change how how you looked in your cartoon avatar. <laughs> it was fun. I, I wonder if that's what's happening in the world right now. There seems to be a a fight for the um, you know make America great again. Which 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 implies going back to a time a, a time previous time, and then you've got people who are you know progressive looking to just like why are we not why would we want to stay <laughs> when when because because we used to be we get attached we used to be atta- it's a human condition to get attached well we used to be like limited to just the people in our immediate area. And that's that was your supply of friends. That was your supply of relationships. Was whoever you could actually hyper locally connect with. And then when the internet came, we kind of started branching out. And you didn't, you weren't stuck with just the dumbasses who were around you. You <laughs> could find people that you had real connection with, and it just flattened the earth. It's true. And and and, then, and now now it seems like there's a fight between people who are trying to. It's funny because, like, the flat earth theory, but really, like, the internet has flattened the earth. And then there are people that just want it to stay. Like, no, whoever, wherever you are, are the people that are supposed to be where you are. And then we stay here. Yeah. And no one, no one new comes in. It's, oh, man, you've got, you've got me back in, in nostalgia. And it would have been almost like a reality show that day that uh, Brad and I met in real life. He was in Washington. And he, we met in Idaho. He came down halfway and I went up halfway. And I was, I rode out there with my friend Jessica. And he got there first. So he was like around the corner of the building, like up against the wall. And I was on the other corner. And Jess was like, okay, at the count, on the, on the count of three, turn the corner. <laughs> you know, it was like all this build up. And uh, we came around the corner and I think we hugged for like six straight minutes. Um... It was really special. That's cool. He was my best friend. That's great. And I don't. Then, I don't know what. I don't know how I would have gotten through those years without him. And well, it's just like like that's how we we never would have met without the internet. And most of the people who I actually consider friends right now, I would not have met. Without. Yeah, I mean, the people that mean the most to me in my life have come to me through. Uh, internet, social media, From and other I'm not places. afraid to say it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a miracle to me when I think of how um, close-minded and unexposed I would be to the human experience if I didn't have these connections. Uh, it terrifies me at the person I would be. 
And, but I think you, you've been doing it right because you, like you say, you're not afraid to walk away from an account, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or just let it disappear. Let it, let it go because when it's we, lost well, that special thing, I mean, I, I, I'm not worried that something <laughs> new won't rush in and, and, and fill me up in that same way. Well, and, and we change, people change. And so that's just like when you, when you get tied to that one account and you get tied to those same people, you're, it's just like, it's just like people who are stuck with the pre-internet with the people who are around them and you need to grow and then you can bring the few who, who are growing with you along and you don't have to be stuck with the ones who are actually like bringing frustration to your life. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting selective world. So I will use my autonomy to select, uh, when and how I wish to participate. And that's wonderful, because you can't really do that with life. <laughs> well, you kind of. I can. mean, I guess you can, but it's it, shit goes off the rails pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to have kind of a. I actually I remember, I remember Kevin saying something. Um, he was like the, he was very moody, and so he would often go and disappear out of chat click for weeks at a time. And someone would be like, has anyone checked on Kevin? Is he okay? Um, but he, he claimed that because chat click existed and he was able to have a secondary version of himself when things got too overwhelming, it was like he uh, committed social media suicide instead of actually killing his real self. And he almost got like the sense of, release and reprieve without having to do himself any actual self-harm because he had this kind of avatar to kind of uh, take take the brunt of that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, well, it becomes this cathartic moment. You're like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm deleting this account. I'm walking away from all of you. <laughs> and, and, like, right. and, and everyone else is just like, all right. <laughs> you know, but for you, you feel like but it's... But for you, you know, instead of like actually doing self-harm when you just, you're at that that breaking point of life, I can't take it. Um, that's, that's how he would deal with it. And he, he credited it with saving his life multiple occasions. And it also, it allows you to, uh, melt down and metamorphosize. Become someone and, new. And, and work, work on it before. Don't like something you, about you it, yourself. World. Don't like one of your personality traits. Write yourself a new one and step into the frame. And yeah. then once. You play, know, play with it for a little play while. Play with it. Play with it. And then decide if that's really something that you can bring into your, your real life and your real world. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like Play-Doh for life. Sculpt it. Smash it down. Resculpt it. Were you someone who grew up with real Play-Doh, or did you did your mom make it homemade Play-Doh? Uh, we had real Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, ha I had a pretty spoiled uh, materialistic childhood, no doubt. We had real Play-Doh from time to time, but my mom would like try to make this shit out of like, salt and flour. I don't know what it was. <laughs> oh yeah, I played with salt. I remember it. playing salt dough at church. So yeah, I think that's that's like a pioneer Mormon handicraft thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it totally is for sure. Yeah, we were big into Legos too. Would you? So, so Legos now are pretty much like kits to build things. Like they're so not what lame. they used to be. It's not freestyle at all. You would have to spend hundreds of dollars to buy all these dumb little kits 
and then just put them in a bag and shake them up and try to get creative. We just had this giant box of randos, and that's what you build from. There was no uh, Starship Enterprise Lego kit. You just, this is the spaceship I built. Yeah, I know it's square. They're Legos. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it's like a different pixelated type of, of play than it is now. I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting point, actually. And Lincoln Logs. We had tons of Lincoln yeah. Logs. Big old thing of them. You know, I bought a Lincoln Log kit, a Lincoln package of Lincoln Logs for our kids maybe, well, it's been a while now, maybe 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, just time flies. Think of how long it's been since I bought Lincoln Logs. <laughs> but there's not even enough to build one cabin. It was one so cabin. lame. I remember that. We were like, this is it? $35 and, like, you can build half a wall? Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least they're not putting plastic garbage toys and cereals anymore. And I, don't, I, just, I just had so much stuff. They don't really do that anymore. I used to have so much stuff as a kid. So many plastic things. Tons of them. Happy Meal toys. Why, why do you, where do you think... Like, were your parents, like, trying to, what was their thought process in, in giving you stuff? My mom and dad love to surprise people, and they love to be really, really generous. And I, Christmas was a full-on extravaganza, it, wild, wildly spoiled. And it, as I got older, it got to the point where... Um, it was less fun for my dad to pick out things <laughs> for me for Christmas. And I wasn't reacting in the same um, excited, childlike uh, tone. And he got mad at me for it. And then it became this whole thing where, like, if I don't act surprised enough, if I don't act happy enough, it was like all this pressure. And it started uh, to kind of mount psychologically where it's like... <sighs> Can I can I show enough joy for all this stuff? So much stuff, and I was just already kind of over it. Um, and it was a little, it was a source of contention, and it, it's nobody's fault. They just really they loved to see my eyes light up with surprises. It was very sweet, and it makes me sound like a little spoiled brat. No, but at some it point it just, it just got uh, <clears throat> to be so so much. It doesn't make you sound like a spoiled brat because I have the opposite childhood as you we had nothing like we had a living room with no furniture um we had a yard with no lawn <laughs> and and but christmas was the time where you, you got that one or you know when you're a kid you get surprises are, are cheap but when you become a teenager that was the time of year where you got that one big thing and and i remember one year getting um i got this little 13 inch TV and a stereo with speakers combo set probably cost $200. And I knew I was getting it. And there were, there was one thing to open and I had little kids for brothers and sisters. My little brothers and sisters were still kids. And so they were still opening presents. And I remember just sitting on the couch, just sitting there and my parents not liking the look on my face because I looked bored and I looked like I wasn't appreciative of right. this thing. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here watching little kids. Open. I'm just, a, I'm a teenage, like that, that point where you just don't get that same look in your eye. <laughs> and I, I also get it with your parents because it's the same thing. Like, like 
your mom, they still love to do, to surprise people. Still. And They're the most they, generous. The things that she shows up to surprise with are nothing I would ever buy or need or use. And you still have to <laughs> have to come up with that excitement. And it's never enough to, uh, to be appreciative or to, for them to realize it. And it's like, I really just would have rather have you come with nothing and just be here with us. But now there's this source of... Right. But, I mean, that just... You, you, you have to look at how, how they were raised, too. They were they didn't have social media. They were stuck with the group in their vicinity, and in their small town or whatever, unless they chose to leave it. And um, to them, the toys that were coming out when I was a kid probably was like a total fantasy for them to think about when they were little. Right. And, and they have... The same way that I felt about the glory of connecting with someone in the Philippines and being able to share um, teenage girl talk with, you know, yeah. just something new. And I, I, I'm just not much of a materialist. And um, it's not that my family is materialistic in a, in a bad no, or not mean way. Not in a bad or mean way. We just. We just don't value the same things in the same way. We still value things, just maybe not exactly the same things. And they, they can't really understand. Uh, they never understood the chat room thing. Well, or how I could connect with strangers that, that quickly and, and speak so freely and so intimately with a group of people who I would probably never meet in real life. It's interest, interesting. Um, I'm... I'm Wondering if do you think that the um, the chat rooms and at that age that you were at were at when you were kind of expanding your friendships to other places of the world is that the time where you started like maybe like the renunciation phase of your life or like suddenly the things weren't as important as the connections absolutely uh, you you can't like I, I this was a weird time in my life I I stopped going to the mall. I stopped um, sleeping over at my best girlfriend's house. It, it kind of became more consuming for me to be in front of my computer um, and working through these ideas. And it, it was in the beginning, they had chopped it up. You, you could title your own room and have your own room with whatever theme you wanted. But there was also um, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s age groups. That you, that's where you could just kind of jump in. And there were hundreds, if not thousands, of people in there at a time. And it would tell you there's 33 people in this chat. Um, it, and then you, I, I just watched it grow and change. And I was probably a little obsessed with it. But I didn't have room in my life for shopping and stuff and normal. I had already gone through the, like... Um, you know, the, the girly collection phase. I had probably like 75 troll dolls and I, I started a collection of frogs and before you knew it, I had like 300 frogs, glass frogs, plastic frogs, Michigan frog with his little dancing cane. Um, every, everybody at my birthday would just bring me something frog. You still get frog stuff. I still get frogs. I still love frogs. I just don't, I didn't keep the collection. I don't, I don't have a full running collection of frog trinkets anymore um but i just re you know i i try to reframe it these were all symbols of people saying i care about you here's something that you like it's not a bad thing right i'm listening to you talk i'm realizing the reason i'm a terrible gift giver 
is because I'm just not a very good gift receiver. <laughs> I just don't want gifts for some reason. I, I, I have feel so much pressure when somebody gives me something that I just don't like it. I don't like getting stuff from people because now do I have to return a favor? Do I have, what, what do you want in return? Um, I'm just not like yeah. good at giving gifts either because I don't want to put that pressure on other people. And maybe other, maybe I'm the weird one. Well, no, I, and I think the people that we've chosen to surround ourselves with now, um, they're a different sort of person. And, and the, the people that are closest to me um, and give me meaningful gifts in the way of they exchange energy with me. Yeah. And, and that's the gift. It's just it doesn't need to be this physical thing. It's it's their energy and it's, it's their time or um, even just something as like, a tarot reading is is an acknowledgement of who I am without making me actually uh, have a tangible item in my house and inventory that I have to take care of. And, and our lifestyle hasn't been uh, very conducive to schlepping around a bunch of trinkets. Yeah. It's not that they're not meaningful. They are. It's just, you know, I have this book somewhere on the shelf here it's called um, material world and it this artist decided to visit I think I think there's like 12 families in it in, in all around the world and he asked them to take all of the contents inside their home and put them outside in front and then, he, and then he photographed them with like all of their stuff and um, American life is just inundated with stuff so much stuff. I feel guilty that like when I get a frozen Coke, at Bur I'm addicted to frozen Cokes at Burger King because it's just been so hot. Um, I hate it that it comes in a plastic cup with a plastic lid and a plastic straw. And I'm like, why can't this be paper? Something that can just break down, you know? I, I feel all this guilt like, is my addiction to frozen Coke worth all these plastic components and now with COVID, like we were really making headway in California about um, sustainability and cutting back on single use plastics. And now, oh, just to think of like the mountains of biohazardous rubber gloves and the mountains and, and now uh, birds are like getting caught in face masks discarded in parking lots. The strings get caught around them. Uh, it was just a whole new level. The one thing I noticed <laughs> when we went out to eat that one time and we were sitting on the street, which, like, I don't even want to go out to eat anymore. Forget the COVID. I just don't want to sit on the hot asphalt. And <laughs> yeah, eat. we I'd tried it take once it and once was enough. But what I noticed is, like, there's not even, like, like when you go to a restaurant, there's not even, like, a bottle of ketchup anymore. Now you, they give you little it's, plastic everything packets. Everything is little, individual, tiny. The butter is in plastic. And the single serve life, man. <laughs> single serve everything. I think that's a line from, a, is that a line from airplane food? It's, like, single serving butter, single serving, I don't remember. Maybe it's American Beauty. I don't know. But I really hope that um, once, and, and it probably never will go back to normal normal, but as this whole COVID thing is rising, so is the climate change crisis, and everyone can feel it. This has been a week of completely insane weather phenomena, that had a fire tornado. Um, on one light, side, the other side of the country is a lightning hurricane. is striking sideways. They're saying Southern California could ex start experiencing hurricanes as close as San Diego. 
and coming inland as Scripps Ranch. That's what I read this morning. Um, <laughs> boy, it's loud for a Sunday morning around here. It always is. It's crazy, but I, I hope, I mean, this is the new rising crisis, and we, we are really going to have to rethink everything and we have to choose what in this material world we need and what we can let go of because we've been far too luxurious with this stuff for too long and it's meaningless like (sighs) mother earth means more to some people that's the weird thing like there are people who deny it there are people who i know who outwardly deny it it's true it's Young true. people, even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody's in a different phase of their enlightenment and evolution. All we can do is try to bring them along. I guess. <laughs> try not to judge, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, we're clearly in a in a shift, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I guess that's it's painful. The shift is always painful. Right, and then once once you kind of pull the band-aid off, you realize it really wasn't that bad to let go of that stuff in the first place. But the stuff doesn't just disappear. It goes somewhere. The stuff that you, like, you can con Marie the shit out of your life, that shit still goes somewhere. Yeah. It doesn't just disappear when you throw it in the garbage can. Right. And so instead of maybe making that choice to... uh buy something for someone even if you know they won't keep it maybe just don't buy it in the first place it's it's hard to uh get that through to people because you can't say that to somebody if somebody gives you something you can't say you know you shouldn't have bought me this in the first place <laughs> you know right well and also that's how people make a living is making stuff right yeah, yeah. That's, that's true the livelihood this this is we're, we're in late stage capitalism i don't know if you got the memo <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's not going to be easy for a lot of people uh, to reframe life without stuff. Right. It's not. But you can't take it with you. You couldn't take it with you into the internet. What if someone said, you can live forever, but you have to become, what are they called? A QR code first. And then once you're a QR code, we can scan you into the matrix and you can live forever and and change and become whoever you want. You can't take your washing machine and your... (laughs) Well, that would actually be a more um, pure form of living, I think, because you would just be living as energy without the body. Yeah. Maybe that's what happens anyway. Maybe. It's a lot. It's a lot to think about. What do you think happens after you die? Oh... (laughs) Way to keep it light. <laughs> I never said I was going to keep it light. I think, I think, uh, my personal belief and my personal hope is that your energy is given maybe a, a finite measure of time to reflect on. Let's say you're you get long enough for you to get over it, to pick and ponder and review pieces of your life and make your peace with them. And then once you've reviewed that and and you really, there's just nothing else to look at and scrutinize or beat yourself up for or forgive yourself for, then you choose to incarnate again. And little piece of the good stuff and a little bit of the trauma come with you again 
through the birthing process as your kind of weight and counterweight into the next life. So we have residual memories, both good and bad. And we kind of had to have certain little personality tweaks based upon either traumas or, or successes, and they work together to kind of give you a, a clean slate with a balance. So, so basically, the learning happens. You, you, you live this life, and then you're able to process it, even though you don't realize subconsciously in your next life, the lessons you've learned from this life are maybe working towards your, in your at least in, in your sense of discretion, yeah. you know, at a subconscious yeah. level. I mean, you, you kind of have to start with something. So it makes sense to give you a, a little light and a little dark and let you kind of try again. That's how we learn, right? I think so. You fail. You beat yourself up for it. You make your peace with your failure. You try again or you say, I'm never doing that again. Either way, you've learned. I reckon. I don't know. <laughs> this is just speculation from my... Speculation and hearsay. Speculation and hearsay from my rather strange brain. What do you think? <clears throat> oh, man. I, I, I've I talked about it a lot, about what, what I think happens. I think the energy from um, our body, the energy that's powering this body, once, once the, the body dies, just kind of leaves the body and dissipates into the world and seeks the nearest, just like energy does, energy is always seeking the host. I mean, that's what electricity is always searching, seeking to hit the ground. And... Um, the energy, your energy leaves the body, and it, I don't really necessarily think it goes in like a single spirit. You know, like when you see a ghost, like rising in a cartoon, rising out of right. the body, and you see this this image and this apparition. Um, it's more like a decoupling. It's more of yeah, like like a just just a just because it doesn't happen all at once. It's like well, the body might die, but there's still energy in the body for a while, days even, as it's leaving the body, and it's just going into whatever's it's seeking a host. Whatever's closest, which is that the, the reason I'm terrified of dying in a hospital, like put me out in the woods to die, cover <laughs> me up with some leaves, <laughs> you know, because I don't want my body going into the fluorescent light, my energy, not my body, my energy disappearing into the, because that's what they're, where they want you. The reptilian overlords who are in charge of things, <laughs> they want your energy, they want to harvest your energy into, trapped into, into electrical the, the electrical circuit. So they can harness you. That's why, that's why the, the, you don't have, uh, friendly competition in in the electrical business it's all owned by <laughs> there's you get one choice um anyway that's another thing but yeah. but but yeah but but i still i but i like you say i believe that energy is coded and but i don't believe it goes into one thing i believe now that energy is going into several things and whatever is nearby is getting that energy upload then in real time it's not necessarily waiting for a next life to be reborn if 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 you're sitting next to somebody who dies you're taking in their energy but it's neutralized don't you think i mean that's not their energy anymore it's just an energy source it's energy but it's it's energy that's been coded with that life so so the energy yeah so but consciousness so, so is not the same as energy no but consciousness, but if you're looking at DNA, consciousness, like, it is, though. 
Interesting. It is. I don't. I don't. I can't explain it all right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. I'm not going to delete this one. I hope you know this one's going out into the world. I don't I think just, you said anything controversial. I just sound like a weirdo, but it's it's easy to be cynical and, and to think, um, especially right now. It's just really hard. But I do believe in the benevolency of life. Like you have to have struggle or it doesn't, or nothing happens, you know? But I, I believe in the benevolency of, of the human experience as a whole. And you know, life has always been struggle from the very beginning. And what's happened now is there are people who no longer have to struggle. And this is where you're seeing the most um, pushback against evolution is from the people who have gotten comfortable they don't, they don't want to see their capitalism to, fail. They don't they, want to struggle. Yeah. They've forgotten what it feels like. And not only have they forgotten, they never knew what yeah, it felt like. That's true. That's, that's their trip, man. <laughs> <laughs> this was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. When my rambling days are over And my gambling days are through when my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through, if you tell me that you love me, I'll be coming back to you. To you. All right, right on.